Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Angels Podcast. This is me, Daniel Garcia. And unfortunately, there is no uh, Johnny Mags this week. He had, a, I think he's on a little uh, vacation trip with uh, his family headed, uh, I think, to the Orange, out to Orange County. But uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be listening. He'll be back next week. But not to worry. We got, not only do we have the curator in um, Halo Haven, but also we have Jason Hendricks from the Dose Leprechaun Podcast. How you doing? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. If you guys have been listening before, uh, the last time we've had him on was, I believe, was the season preview yeah. um, episode. So um, always good to have him here. Always good to um, kind of get another opinion, uh, an outside opinion on what's going on in Angels baseball. So um, kind of going to do the same way. We have emails. We have reviews. We go over the poll questions. So um, not a great week for Angels baseball uh you know, a uh, tough series with Boston we knew about, but I guess um, we'll start off from the top. Thursday, July tw- uh, 21st against the Blue Jays. Um, you know, they, they won the, they won 8-5, to five, um, but Blue Jays kind of struggling. You kind of hope to expect that. Uh, John Lamb only went three and a third um, innings pitch, gave up three runs. But the bright side is you have Calhoun, and Valbuena homering com- for a combined three home runs in that game, which was the majority of the team's offense. So, um, you know, that's always good to have those second and third level dudes produce in um, in a game to, um, I think at that point they broke like a five-game losing streak or, or some, something along those lines. Um, we're kind of going to go by this pretty quick because if you've been paying attention, it's not really a great week. But um, Friday, June 22nd against the Blue Jays, another victory, 2-1. to one. Um, Andrew Haney pitched an incredible, incredible game. Seven innings pitched, nine hits, one earned run. Um, you know, the offense is struggling a bit, even to this point. And then that game, they struggled too. Yeah, it's great to get the win. Um, but three hits for the whole game and no hits after the fourth inning. They had a, the two runs in the first inning. I was there. You kind of thought stuff was going to start rolling. Like, okay, cool. Here's where the dam breaks and they can – put up another eight runs or whatever but um shortly after that kind of like i said after the fourth um 
you know, no no hits after that. But luckily they were able to hold on. Again, Haney goes seven innings. Um, bullpen comes in, gets two uh, two innings, gets the out, uh, and so another victory. So at this point you're kind of hoping, all right, cool, we get one more win. Um, you take the series from the Blue Jays, a team that you theoretically should um, sweep, really. Yeah, sweep, but at least get three out of four. Um, so it goes to Saturday, June 23rd, uh, a loss to the Blue Jays. Jaime Berea, five innings pitch, one run. Um, you know, but he left kind of in a weird situation from what I understood. He was uh, bases loaded. Um, Alvarez comes up, walks a guy in, but then gets a quick double play, gets out of it. But um, Justin Anderson, real tough um, in the in uh, three runs in the ninth. So, um, again, wasn't they weren't able to hold on. It was tied to that point. Um, again, another bright side of Valbuena homering, a guy that's been struggling lately. Um, but, you know, if he's the only one homering, you're going to, you know, struggle for a bit and you're not going to be able to um, beat the teams that you really, really theoretically should beat um, three out of four or even sometimes four out of four. Um, okay, fast forward to the Sunday, June 24th. A loss again against the Blue Jays in 10 innings, 7-6. to six. Um, Felix Pena, five innings pitch, three runs. Um, three runs in the eighth, let the Blue Jays come back into it. Um, Felix Pena, I don't expect a whole lot. I don't know how what you feel about it because he is kind of like that middle, that long reliever starter. Yeah, um, yeah so He's when he goes. Pitching tonight, doing all right. Yeah, so but like, when, you, when you put him out there, you put, give him five innings, it, you kind of tell yourself, if he gets five, then he's good. Right. But if he's, you ask him to do any more than that, um, it's going to be kind of a long night. But, again, five innings, three runs, not great, not terrible. Um, offense showed up against six runs, but um, the three-run eighth uh, is what did him in. And then I don't know about you, but anytime there's an extra inning game or a tie game late because of the, the lack of depth in the bullpen, you, you I don't feel comfortable with what is um, out there and what, you know, the chances are, I guess I should say, at, at – this point in the season with the Angels, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you look at the the Blue Jays. Surprisingly, even though they're having a rough season, um, I think they're seven and one going into that game on Sunday in extra inning games. So uh, when I heard that stat, I even got more worried. And then it seems like our old pal Kendrys Morales, anytime he uh, visits the ballpark, yeah. just absolutely destroys the Halos. And uh, you know, as soon as I, I just knew, as soon as uh, Sosha brought in Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> um, the, 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 you know, the gas can had been applied, and uh, sure enough, Kendry's hits one to freaking Irvine. Yeah, and especially so. since, like I said, like Felix Payne only went five innings. If it's a, a nine-inning game or, you know, if you have the lead um, and you're able to, you know, maybe stretch out some of these guys a little bit more, but when it's tied and you go into the 10th inning, you've already used mm -hmm. um, your bullpen for four innings. Now you're asking them to get a fifth inning. You know, if it was a fully stocked bullpen like it was – at the beginning of the year, and you had your Middleton, you had your, you know, Jim Johnson, um, guys like that, I would feel a lot more comfortable with, you know, the possibility of them holding on and maybe even um, taking it in, in extras. But at this point of the season, it's just really hard to have that kind of faith in a bullpen that is just wrecked by injuries, and we'll get to that in a little bit because that's a, that's a big story too. Go ahead. I really didn't understand, though, why he would take uh, Blake Parker out. He had a really great uh, ninth inning. Um, and then out of nowhere, you know, Blake Parker comes out for this new guy that came over from the Mets uh, with a high four ERA, now sitting at you know middle five somewhere on there. I just didn't get that move. But yeah, Blake Parker though, he's like he when he's good, he's on. But when he's yeah. off, he is he, he. I mean, he's he's no better than anyone else in that bullpen. True. So 
I don't know if there was something they were seeing. Maybe his velo was down in the, maybe the last handful of pitches, and they weren't feeling comfortable putting him out there. But you're right. Their options are, are slim and none at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's not one dude that's like a question, then the next dude is. It, it, it's, it's a serious concern for the Angels at this point. So um, it would have been really nice at this point to have that extra day off on Monday, but because of the – you can't even say a rain out. It was a cold out. I think this is when they made up the Kansas City mm-hmm. game on the way to Boston and they made up the game cause the original one was like a negative, like two wind chill or something crazy like that. So, um, anyway, so now they fly into, they fly into Kansas city for a afternoon game. Um, they lose it, which you were hoping for to take the win on this one, especially cause Kansas city is not very good right now, but it's a loss two zero at Kansas city. Like I said earlier, it's a makeup game on um, from Jackie Robinson day. So it was obviously, um, there were in the 42, so that was cool that they went back and, and did that. Um, Skaggs, I mean, if there's one bright spot for the last month of Angel Baseball, it is definitely um, Tyler Skaggs kind of developing. You can kind of, you can tell now that he is fully um, locked, in, locked in and that he feels comfortable throwing his, his yeah. stuff now from having a full year off of Tommy John. Um, he went seven innings, three uh, seven innings, one run. Um, but again, you know, that's great, that one run. And it sucks that he gets the loss for mm-hmm. an outing like that, and that's why I, I'm not a big fan of the win-loss record when you look at, at pitcher at pitcher stats or whatever. But, um, again, the offense struggles with only three hits. Five base runners total the whole game. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't care if you're playing, you know, a, a single-A team. If you, do, if, you sh- if you just do that, it, it's not going to be a, a good night for I don't care who. So, again, the offense is struggling. Um, you know, part of it, too, I think, is the, the fact that um, Trout was nursing his finger injury and was never able to um, play on the field because now with him not being in center field, now you're forced to play Hormacio or, or, or Young, and those guys offensively aren't, can't really produce consistently like you're looking for, and you're taking another bat out because now he's DHing, so now you're taking a um, – you know, obviously, Pool is going to play first, but you're taking a Val. You taking you have less options. You, Valbuena is out of the lineup, and he's hard or cold. But you know, this last week he's hit three home runs, so you, you kind of want to see if he can um, stay in there. But now he's playing third, and then now you have, might have Fletcher play third, and it, it just it, it affects the overall lineup and with everything. But you know, you yeah, I guess you have to make do with what you have. You know, so anyways, fast forward now to Tuesday mm-hmm. in Boston. Um, Angels do not have a great history in Boston. Like, I don't care um, when or it doesn't seem like when or where or who's the better team or anything. This does not seem to have a great uh, time there. But um, they lost one to nine, which is not great. Gave up 14 hits, only five hits themselves. Um, Jake Lamb, again, one and two thirds innings, five runs. You know, you, you kind of you want to have faith in your team and all that kind of stuff, but you look at that matchup in Boston and you got John Lamb going against David Price. It's yeah, just, I mean, you could kind of tell how it was going to go yeah. already, and especially um, when Kinsler kind of booted that. Uh, that mm-hmm. I guess it was a double play ball that he missed. Um, they should have been real easy, but and then it kind of – they don't have a team – well, they don't have a good enough team to where they can, okay, it's snowball on us, let's stop it here, and then let's let, – it's like once it starts, it's going to start, and it, it, it's not going to stop, you know. They don't have that, that quote-unquote stopper guy coming out of the bullpen where you put him in and he stops it close. Um, Milton looked like he was starting to be that guy, but then, as you guys know, un- unfortunately with the Tommy John. But, yeah, so you had Price against Lamb, and Lamb just got slaughtered, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Dun-dun-dun. Um, so then Tuesday uh, – or Wednesday, yeah, sorry, Wednesday at Boston again. 
another loss, six to nine. Um, Haney, you know, he's another one of those guys that's super up and down. You look at his Friday game against the Blue Jays, seven seven innings, one run, and then this game, three runs or three three and a third, six earned runs. Um, to me, that was kind of a a game. The best chance game wise that you had to beat Boston in Boston was the uh, the Haney game because you know the way he was pitching and everything going on, but. Um, you know the offense did show up. It did kind of spark a little bit. They did. They were tied um, in the seventh, and then you're just kind of hoping, like, okay, whoever's coming back out, they need to put three up, three down, real quick to get them back in the dugout, and they give up two runs in the seventh. So, um, I guess that's a kind of summary of what the season has been so far. On another note, um, I don't know if you noticed or if you were watching, you noticed the the Jake Jewel. Um, Really bad injury. I mean, if you guys have a weak stomach, don't look it up. But um, it's one of those things where you see it and you know something was wrong right away. Um, You know, hopefully he gets better. Uh, He's out for the year. Surgery, I believe, was a broken tibula was the um, was the uh, official diagnosis of it. But um, you see, you hate to see that. I mean, it's it to me. It's kind of funny. Not funny, but. You see a guy, he needs Tommy John, he's out for like two years, but you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that sucks because it's kind of like it's internal. You don't see that, but the guy's losing two years of his career. Yeah. You know, you know, from everything I've seen, Jake Jewell will be out this year, but next year he, sh- he should work back and be back pitching s- at some level next year, you know, whether it's at the AAA level, Major League level, or something like that. But the fact that you can physically see what happened makes it like ten times worse than a guy that maybe separates his shoulder or maybe – you know, tears a ligament in the knee or something like that. It just, it was, it was really bad. But yeah, it was tough to see. For yeah. sure. And they kept showing the replay. And yeah, I didn't think that was necessary. Yeah, it, it's Boston and 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 pitchers and Angels pitchers. I mean, they, you <laughs> at this point you're trying to get out of there, um, almost like a football game. You're just trying to get out of there yeah. healthy. Like, that's right. If you win, you win. Great. If not, let's just make sure at at you know at this point with all the injuries that they get out. Uh, safe and able to play the next day and you know it's i think Sosha kind of waved the white flag on that game because he started putting in some of the he took trout out he took uh, yeah uh, i think Pujols came out so he kind of waved the white flag yeah I, I mean I, I don't blame i mean you see something like that it kind of scares you because it wasn't like it'd be one thing if it was like a contact play a play at the plate or some guy runs into somebody then you're like okay well that can kind of be avoided but the fact that he was running to cover home plate and there was no contact he just a cleat got something as simple as a cleat getting stuck yeah. in the dirt and twisting it the other way, it what it's what makes it like almost seem ten times worse than than anything you can see because it was nothing nothing new you can do. It's not like oh you could have avoided that contact. It's like no, like you did yeah. your job, you covered home plate, and just the bad luck, the dirt gave out from underneath you, and, and your cleat caught. So um, that's unfortunate. Hope for a speedy recover recovery for him. Um, but yeah, so again, the Angels lose six to nine at Boston, and then finally uh, Thursday. Uh, June 28th, the Boston wins again, two to four, um, which completes the, the uh, series sweep, which I think now is a season sweep because mm-hmm. I don't think the they Angels pulled. Again. They don't play again, and I don't think the Angels got a game uh, here God. in Anaheim. Yeah, can you imagine? I feel bad for now. I feel bad for the Blue Jays and the Orioles because they have to play the Yankees and Boston yeah. all the time, and I think that's too probably why Boston and the Yankees are probably loving it because they have to they get to play uh, Baltimore <laughs> all year long. But uh, Jaime Barea went five and a. Th- Five and a third, two runs, um, not bad. But again, too, with only the two runs, um, you're not getting any kind of offensive production, and you know and that's the frustrating part is when you do get these um, 
good games to decent games from your pitchers, you're looking to um, somehow benefit from at least one game out of the series. But um, the offense, again, kind of being inconsistent is, is making it really hard for them to pull these games out. But, you know, if Simmons home, hits a home run, um, you know, Trout's still DHing, but now as we record this right now, they're playing Baltimore. He's is back in and yeah. in, in center field, which and he's is got a bomb. He already and it, and this is kind of brings me to my next point. That's a, that's the weekend review. They went two and six. They're forty uh, forty one and forty one as of the re- the recording right now, Friday night. But um, the nine games Trout was DHing, um, and, and and I didn't look at it until today, but I had a feeling that he wasn't doing very well. He was batting two fourteen, zero home runs, and two RBIs. And it kind of shows that this team kind of goes the way of Trout. If Trout's on fire and he can produce, then he's more than capable of putting this team on his back and, and, and getting them to where they need to get. But when he's struggling and there's no other secondary role, secondary um, uh, threat in the offensive lineup, there's there's nothing the team can do. There's no there's n- if you if Trout's struggling, what Upton's hot or cold? I mean, he started heating up a little bit, but. Um, besides that, there's, I mean, offensively, what do you think, you know, if Trout's struggling, what's the best next best alternative? I mean, at this point, you got to look at Simmons as the next best alternative. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's hitting over 320 right now. He's got uh, five or six home runs, but at least he's going to put the ball in play. You know, with Upton, it's kind of sink or swim. Right. Pujols, you know, I mean, if there's a guy Same on thing. base it's a, and he hits a ground ball, it's a double play guarantee. Same thing, so. yeah. Uh, at, at what point will Sosha uh, move Pujols down and, and Simmons up? I mean, I think I think, I think that's probably a, not Sosha's call. I, th- I have a feeling that's coming from up top. Well, probably because yeah. knowing, because I'm guessing that even the whole Pujols signing, we can go back to that. But that's you could you knew right away that was coming from the top top. Yeah. Well, that wasn't necessarily a baseball baseball. That's a hey, this guy's close to look at all these milestones he's close to. Look how mm-hmm. many um, shirts and bobbleheads and jerseys yeah. we can sell. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think he needs to be moved down. Um, I would like to see it moved down, but realistically, I, I, I don't see it. But, um, so again, that's the week in review. Some injuries, news to catch up on real quick. I guess the bright side on it, oh, Tony's taking BP. Yeah. Um, he had his first BP, I believe, yesterday and today. He will see some live pitching um, during the weekend. He's in Anaheim. But I guess the question I have for you is, would you bring him back risking his elbow? If you d- even if he just DHs the rest of the year, would you bring him back and risk the elbow ligament maybe completely tearing and him needing Tommy John, or would you kind of um, hold off on him? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I definitely would hold off. I, I think it's a huge mistake bringing him back. I mean, the guy can hit, obviously. I think he has five, six home runs. He's hitting, you know, in the high 200s. <clears throat> he can hit. Obviously, we, our offense is struggling, but at what cost? I mean, the kid's only 23 years old. So he's got a long career ahead of him as long as you take care of him. And if you rush him back, you, you, you run the risk of him getting, you know, injuring that elbow or shoulder or whatever else worse uh, and put more wear and tear on him where in reality he could be doing maybe an extended rehab assignment or taking BP in the cages or any number of things as opposed to rushing him back. I think that uh, I think this is a mistake, and I, I hope that they really are very confident in the doctor's diagnosis. And, and if it's a, a, you know totally clear, then let's do it. But not just to sell some tickets or some right. you know, the double bobblehead in July. I mean, right. So I'm going to get that anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And one theory I, I've heard out there is that uh, theoretically he can DH the rest of the year, and then as soon as the season's over, he can um, have the surgery. Have the surgery um, and then being a position player type, he would be el- – not eligible, but um, be further along – 
furthest along in his recovery around spring training to where he can, again, DH all of 2019 and then start 2020. He can be back on the mound. You know, even in parts of, you know, 2019, he could probably, towards the end part, um, start kind of rehabbing the throwing, maybe not pitch in a game, but at least start taking bullpen sessions and stuff like that. So that's a theory thrown out there. I don't know which way they're leaning, but, yeah, it does seem kind of – Unnecessary risk. Yeah, it seems kind of risky, especially with a team being where it's at in the standings. Um, If you're maybe like three or four games out or Mm -hmm. even, you know, even if the the majority of the team was healthy and maybe he was one of like three starters that were out and you can kind of see, okay, we can make a run. But the fact that, I mean, um, we talk about the Jake Jewell injury, but you have Cozart also needing surgery for a torn labrum. Um, He's out for the season. They moved him to the 60-day DL. Um, Jim Johnson, they're still unclear when he's going to return. John Lamb, after his last performance on Tuesday, um, went Richards. on went on the DL. Yeah, Richards. I guess yeah. Another thing is Richards and Marte um, later today, later tonight, are going to be f- at um, in Rancho for the 66ers um, with the rehab assignment. Marte is playing first and batting second, and Richards is um, is doing his rehab start. Usually, when they do the rehab starts, they're about three, what three, four innings, you would say. And just see how he does there. Did you um, say Rancho or Inland Empire? Well, he's on Inland Empire, but they're so playing. Rancho, but they're okay. playing in Rancho. Otherwise, we would push this whole podcast back <laughs> another day yeah. and go see that. But uh, unfortunately, our press credentials are limited to San Bernardino County oh, or San Bernardino uh, City. Yeah, and can't get into Rancho. Damn. Um, but yeah, then you have Renee Rivera again. He's out till the end of July. Um, Nick Tropiano, still no word on him. Shoe, still no word on him. Um, Trout now is playing center field. So, again, so that seems like that finger's getting better because his whole deal was that he couldn't throw a ball. Um, that's why he was able to the, the pitch or uh, able to hit but not throw a ball at all in the field. So, um, tons of injuries, tons of injuries. You see it all over the field. You see it all over Major League Baseball. But it just almost seems like it's um, – it kind of almost hit the Angels more so um, than any other team just as far as high – profile players and and you know that's something i want to touch on too is it why is it always like this with the angels i know every team has injuries but it seems like year after year especially the pitching staff really gets hit with this injury bug i mean is there something going on in the off seasons that they need to address in terms of you know some of the drills they're doing or maybe some of the conditioning they're doing i mean it, it just seems very um a little bit too uh, suspicious to me that there's all these injuries that constantly happen uh, with the pitching staff see i don't i don't know because I know that was, this has been a question for, for as long as I can remember, probably last four or five years. And I think just as recently as, two, I want to say 2016, they, tra- they, they, they got a whole new training staff. So it's kind of like, well, okay, we'll, we'll see. Let's get these guys in. But it's still the same issue. Um, the Tommy John ones I'm not worried about because it's literally anyone that throws over 100 miles an hour is going to get Tommy John. It's not a matter of if but when. It's just, you know, you kind of see it with now with Haney and Skaggs working back from stuff like that that it's possible. Um, you got guys like um, Alex Meyer working back. Hopefully, he'd come back next year. But yeah, it's just the ones. And then Jake Jewell is the type that that's a freak accident. That's, that's never expected. I don't care how good your training staff is. Um, you know, I can go through the list and kind of explain. Like Jim Johnson, he's old. He doesn't recover yeah. the way he used to. I mean, that's just. I mean, that could be if he was, you know, twenty five. Like, yeah, he'd be back already, no problem. Um, Zach Cozart, is, uh, you know, that thing is. In he, I think it's when he dove for a ball and he tore it yeah. again. So um, Richards is kind of a glass, so that kind of explains his issue. But yeah, I mean, 
it's, they're unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's something they can sit down and say, hey, let's do this differently and it's going to magically sure. fix everything. But yeah, it, as fans, it's it's super unfortunate and it, it, it sucks that, you know, it seems like almost every other game you're, yeah. ha- you're hearing a guy, oh, oh, this guy's on the DL, bring this guy up. Yeah, it's almost like you forget about some of them. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we had that guy. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said earlier, this is the first time we've had Jason on since the season preview. So with that being said, what's your – you know, they're pretty much a halfway point yeah. um, of the season with 82 – I mean, 82 games. So, yeah, they're pretty much at the halfway point. What's your first half kind of um, uh, review – you, I would say. Man, I feel like it's been a, a real roller coaster. You, know, you start off 13-3, and three, I think it was, and you're like, oh, man, we, you know, they're finally putting the pieces together. So they were relatively injury-free those first 20 games or so. Um, and then it just seemed like the, the bottom dropped out, and it really seemed like it started to be kind of a, a downward spiral after that first Boston series in Anaheim where you got swept uh, by the Red Sox in Anaheim. Um, very disappointed, and, and I just feel like with the amount of talent that they have around them right now, you know, you have the Trouts, the Pujols, the Simmons, whether Pujols is old or not, whatever, he's still, uh, he can drive the ball. The Simmons, uh, Calhoun, who should be doing better. You, you got to wonder what's really going on. I mean, I know it's easy, it's difficult in baseball to blame the manager, but at, at what point do you feel like, hey, it's time for a new voice or maybe a spark, you know? Um, and I don't know, maybe that's not the answer. Maybe it's just, it just, it's just a combination of a lot of things, but I guess if I had to grade the season thus far, I'd say it's a C minus if I had to put a grade on it. And uh, the only reason it's not lower than that is because how can you ever uh, really not enjoy watching Mike Trout play? I mean, we're, we're really blessed to be able to watch this guy day in and day out go out there and do his thing. Uh, and then the Otani factor, I mean, this guy's brought so much excitement and, and all that. Obviously, the injury has been kind of a downer, but uh, we're, we're lucky to watch Mike Trout play every day. And my concern is is that, you know, he's, he's been to the postseason one time as a halo, and at what, so at what point is he going to say, you know what, if I can't win here, I'm going to go back home to New York and get paid, you know, $100 million contract, $300 million contract, whatever it might end up my being, uh, and win a championship. Yeah. You know? Well, his, his home would be Philly. Wouldn't it be New York? Philly, New yeah. York, wherever. He's going to get paid. Yeah. And but, like, like kind of like what you were saying, though, about the, the, the talent level, full go, yeah. But right now, I mean, you can look at any of these other rosters of competitive teams, and I'm talking about the Houston, the – because realistically, we're talking about like five or six teams in the AL that are competitive. You're talking about Houston. You're talking about um, New York, Boston, Seattle, and then the Angels, and then now even to the A's a little bit. But, I mean, if you go by position by position, I mean, I, you say talent. I say where. Oh, like, man. you say, okay, well, then let's go. The only team I'd put above talent-wise, honestly, in the AL West for sure would be Houston. But everybody else, I think the Angels have just about as much talent, maybe not as much as the Yankees or the Red Sox, but in the AL, they should be much more competitive. I mean, the A's should not be, you know, two, three games ahead of us in the wild card right now. It's just, that's pathetic. Well, I'm just talking about what, the, I mean, like I said, healthy, you're absolutely right, but with what's out there, um, you know, uh, Matt Olson or an old, you know, Pujols. <laughs> I'll take a Matt Olson now. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, oh, that's kind of, uh, I would, I would, I would take him right now if, if it was a straight up pools for Olsen right now, right now, as we, as, you know, obviously you're not going to compare uh, careers. That's, <laughs> that, that would be dumb. But also, you know, part of it is too, the ace had a, has had an easier schedule. Um, I don't know if they, I, I think they played Boston once. I don't think they played Boston or New York twice. So it'll all even out that way. Um, 
But as far like I think they're just like kind of a hiccup. I think they'll they'll fade. Probably. Um, I think again like the more majority of the teams that they have to worry about are the Yankees, well Yankees, Sox, Astros, and the Mariners. Yeah. And the, and you know the Mariners have something the Angels don't, and that's like a, well Skaggs is becoming it, but they have a front line pitcher and and John Paxton, mm-hmm. you know, and you're getting these career type years from uh, like a Matt LeBlanc. Everyone's like, oh, who's Matt LeBlanc? And he's like, granted, his careers haven't been great, but he, he can have one of those shoemaker careers where he wins 16, 17, yeah, 16 <laughs> or 17 um, games. And, and, you know, you have Nelson Cruz as a DH, who's a constant threat. Um, D. Gordon just wrecks teams when he's on the base pass. He Gene, go, Segura. Gene Segura is having a career year. Um, Seager's have you know, it's kind of one of those things where he – yeah. Would you rather have Seager or would you have, you know, whatever third base is out there right now? I kind of like David Fletcher, to be honest. I think right now, but – Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get a book on – they'll get a book on him. They'll adapt. And then the whole AAA thing, like, people are like, oh, but look at his numbers in AAA. Yeah, Jabari Blash just won – or just got in the AAA uh, all-star game after hitting three bombs. Yeah. And so don't give me the AAA stats because yeah, that's great it. and all. But, dude, Jabari Blash came up here and couldn't hit – Anything. I, I really think the rest of this, and I think we're going to get to this if we're not already. So sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but I no. think the rest of the season is going to really tell the tale of you know what's going to ha- what needs to happen down the road. And my concern is, and I know we're talking about buyer. One of the questions is about buying and selling. Mm-hmm. But you have some of these contracts, like the Pujols contract. Nobody's going to take that nope. contract. Mm-mm. And you almost you you're almost um, you almost have to keep him uh, where he's at and make him happy, like we talked about earlier, because. Again, what are you going to do with the guy? Are you going to have a guy paying them $25 million to sit on the bench? No, it's not going to happen. Or bat eighth. Yeah. Or bat eighth, yeah. yeah. So I, I get that. I, I think for me the concern is when I look at some of these games, like for instance going back to the Boston series, I just didn't see any kind of spark, any kind of fire. It looks like they're just out there going through the motions. Um, and I can see where that would take a toll. They're human. You know, They're obviously highly paid athletes, highly trained professionals, but they're human too. But at the same time, you know, at, at what point do they rise above that adversity? You know, oh, we have all these guys injured. A lot of teams have injuries. Why yeah. are we? Why are the Angels always the team that seems to not be able to rise above that adversity? That's that's where I think that it comes back to the manager. Yeah, see, like they, these guys are adults playing baseball. Like you're right. When it comes to you know, I, I have a I have a theory, and I think it goes by any sport. The younger you are, the more coaches and managers matter. When you're in high school, the coach can get in your ass and hype you guys up and you'll come out there and, and play your ass off in college. Yeah, a little bit, but in professionals at this point, when you're getting paid, it, it, it has to come from you. Like there's so many guys that have been out there and I don't care what sport has been super talented, but this, whatever for a reason, didn't have the drive to, 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 you know, perform at their peak all the time. And I think that's not necessarily a manager's or a coach's fault. I think that has to be something that where that individual player has to do it. Now in baseball managers and managers, I mean, he manages the situation. I don't know how much he actually quote unquote coaches. And, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge social fan. I have his bobblehead. I love the dude. He's always been very approachable. It's the, I, I think he's done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, at what point do you consider? I mean, how's it been? It's been six years now. This is going on six years. We haven't been to the postseason with that much talent with such a high payroll. I feel like there's the bucks got to drop with somebody. And if it ends up having to be Socha, then better Socha yeah. than you know somebody else. And and I, you know, going to your point about yeah, um, these are highly paid athletes. You know, they're not going to get fired up by any particular locker room speech. You know, you're not going to have any loophole <laughs> level speeches. Or yeah, anything exactly. Like that. But at the same time, I knew time, we're getting Notre Dame in there course, somewhere, somewhere. You got to go for it. I was yeah, I was gonna go that one. Or I mean, I could break I, it I out. I go Rockney if, you want. if I was I, thinking Rockney. I could but break it out if you want. But uh, but no, what I'm getting at here, we have is a chair that's free to stand on. I just happen to see this score real quick, and you know, the Phillies are 43 and 36. They're managed by Gabe Kapler. 
You know, they I could probably name I don't even think I could name a single player on the Phillies other than maybe Jake Arrieta. Is he still around yep. a thing? Yep. Okay, so Jake Arrieta, look at that team and they're overachieving with a guy like Gabe Kapler. You know, what about when the 2002 team when Sosha did have maybe let's call it that magic where he's winning with guys like freaking Scott Spezio and you know, Kevin <laughs> Apier and all these guys. So you look I just feel like there's there's something missing and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I've seen this same kind of you know, run down, you know, oh, we're out here to just go through the motions thing for the, at least the past, I'd say, two to three years. You know, this year we had all this excitement coming in. Otani, Trout's healthy, Pujols is healthy. We got Kozar. We got all these guys. And same result. We're a 500 baseball team with uh, one of the higher payrolls in the, in the American League. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the Phillies are a good example because um, – The only one I got right now. Yeah, the <laughs> Phillies are a good example. But also, too, you look at the Phillies organization, and they did something the Angels – haven't done and I don't think will ever do, especially with Kyle <coughs> being there. They tanked for a good five, six true, years. True. So now they are getting the um, the benefits of that. The Aaron, yeah. the, yeah, the Aaron Nola, the um, you know the Herrera, the center field. I can't forget for his first name. Yeah, I mean you're getting these young players and they have that youth, so that naturally they have that fire. So I don't know how much of that is like the manager. I'm sure the manager can play up to that, but Socha is part of a, an older. You would say an older team, so that fiery kind of attitude I don't think works with an older team when you have a young team like the the Phillies or even um even the Astros a little bit or I mean your key players are young your Correa's your um Springer your Springer Altuve like those guys are young on the younger side yeah um so you can do that whole hype 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 and, and it'll affect them but when you have an older team like the Angels and I think this is more a a sign with or not sign but this is more of a, a, a result of the old um GM Depoto so now a lot of these players that are up now or flamed out or you spend these big bound money on, whether it be the Hamiltons, whether it be, you know, whoever, um, that was all um, the Poto. Now you're seeing with the Angels and their farm system, and that's, and that's the one thing that sucks about the Angels farm system, honestly. Like, yeah, it's getting better, but a lot of these dudes that are their top five or six, they're playing in San Bernardino. They're not ready. And you're looking at these good teams like the Astros, like the, the Yankees, their top prospects are triple-A. They're a half a season away to seriously producing. The Angels' top guys are probably two full years away from being, a you know, maybe after maybe a year and a half they'll be that kind of that, that, that extra guy off the bench. But two years, two and a half years of being an absolute stud. So um, with that being said, I don't know if the Angels have an have a answer for something right now, but it does look like they have something coming up in the future with, you know, with uh, Epler and what he's been doing um, recently with his um, drafts and and picking up younger guys. So we're going to move on, and this is the segment people have been um, talking about throughout the streets. Um, The mean streets of Riverside. Yeah, uh, this is the Curator's Chronicles, um, the next installment. Yeah, that's what everyone's talking about. Everyone loves it. So Curator's uh, Prepper. Yeah, so... Here's uh, the curator himself with uh, the next episode of the Curator's Chronicles. Good evening, Angels fans. This is the curator here. With today's edition of the Curator's Chronicles, we focus on the, um, the season that will live in baseball infamy, the 1986 season. Uh, it didn't happen this day. It happened yet, what would have been yesterday in Angels history, June 28th. All this information is credited to... John Snyder, who published a really cool book. If you have a chance to check it out, it's called The Angels Journal. It goes through every day or the highlights in Angels history. But this one um, comes on June 28, 1986. In a matchup between the Indians and Angels at Angels Stadium, 
The starting pitchers are 300 game winners, Phil Necro and Don Sutton. Necro entered the fray with 304 wins and Sutton with 301. It was the first time that 300 game winners met each other since Tim Keefe of the New York Giants and Pud Galvin, that's a cool name, with the Pittsburgh Pirates faced off in 1889. Neither Necro nor Sutton were involved in the decision as the Angels scored six runs in the eighth inning to win 9-3. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I do remember Don Sutton. Um, about as old as you guys. Yeah, this name sounds familiar. I was a I was a young kid then, but I, I always remembered when I went over to my grandma's house. She had a picture, a Polaroid picture, with her and Don Sutton at a car dealership somewhere like out in Colton. It was probably like an autograph signing. You know how they used to kind of throw those guys at random places. Like I met Mike Sosha dealerships. Yeah, I met Mike Sosha when I was a kid over about Seven Eleven right down the street <laughs> where we live in Riverside on Arlington at a Good limousine dealer or limousine something. Nice. But yeah, they used to always have those guys out there, and I, I always remember Don Sutton had this big, like, um, kind of grayish white afro, and he looked like he was fifty, and he wasn't, and I just always remembered him by that. Um, obviously, he found the most success in his career on the Dodgers, but he played for five teams, uh, was on the Angels from '85 to '87, a career record three hundred twenty-four game winner, and seven all time on the uh, strikeout list so they got uh, the carrier busting out stats he's one of those guys that kind of just you just don't think of too much or i don't when right, i think no, of like you. you name the top 10 pitchers in baseball history i'm not coming up with don sutton but he had a really <laughs> notable career and i and i think that's um yeah that's something that i always always remember about him i think the dodgers put out a don sutton bobblehead they put we, bobbleheads about yeah, i mean we, you we pay for probably like, grab that one and uh you know do a custom they probably put like a bobblehead out we play three days with the dodgers oh in 20 years we'll put out a bobblehead of you it's yeah, cool exactly <laughs> so that is uh, this week in Angels Baseball with the curator. Look, I need some milk and cookies in the blankie yeah, now. There you that go. Was yeah. Awesome story time, bro. We gotta wait till like up, it curator? starts. It starts getting colder. Then we can oh, do it yeah. like in front of like a fireplace and yeah, s'mores. Yeah. Let's get some s'mores. And then we can have you like in a rocking chair, and then we'll be sitting on the ground like, tell us more, tell us more. Yeah, I like it. The curator, the curator, <laughs> you, coming with it makes you feel comfortable. All right, cool so, segment, <laughs> so we're going to take a break real quick. Uh, we have our commercials. On the other side of the commercial, we're going to get to your emails, the poll question, and then also, um, not necessarily in that order, but then also we uh, were lucky enough to go down to uh, San Manuel Stadium yesterday and have an interview with a player. We'll be running that for you. But um, first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, 
every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. And uh, again, thank you to our sponsors for letting us do what we do on here and um, helping us out, being able to, you know, uh, post this podcast and, and get this kind of entertainment out for you guys. Um, but like I said, so I guess next thing up, we're going to go with the um, poll question uh, for you guys that don't know or maybe maybe new listening. Um, I myself try to post a poll question every Monday um, on the twit on our Twitter at Halo underscore Haven. Um, you know, that's where I'll post it. You vote on it. It, it usually runs Monday to whenever the, um, the uh, podcast is. So if you guys listened to the episode last week, um, John and I kind of had a brainstorm at the beginning of the week and said, you know what, let's sit down and let's talk about our um, all 2000s uh, angel team. So from the year 2000 to present, um, we sat down, went position by position. We got three starters, uh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guy. Um, and then we went the kind of the extra mile because John really wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, let's put a batting order up. I'm like, all right, I have never coached baseball before. I've always been a fan, so I have no idea how to put a lineup together. But, hey, if Socia can do it, so can I. <laughs> um, so, again, I'm not going to go um, position by position because there's a lot of similar players in there, but some of the ones that um, people kind of talked about um, that stood out to them was, you know, John had Mike Napoli as a catcher. I had Benji Molina. Um, he had – Sean Figgins as a third baseman. I had Troy Gloss. But, you know, you had the normal guys in there. You had the Trouts, the Guerreros, the Andersons, the um, Percivals, the Rodriguez's. You know, you had the, the normal guys. So the poll question came back, and it closed earlier today. And for the first time ever in, uh, you know, All Angels podcast history, it came back as a 50-50 split. Um I told John that I texted him the picture. He was shocked. I was like, dude, I don't know why you didn't give your credit, your lineup, at least a little more credit than he did. He thought it was going to be like a 80 to 20 kind of split, but no, um, he was down early, but he made a comeback 50, uh, 50. So what do you, uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on it? Allow me to be the uh, tiebreaker. I'm definitely going to Daniel's team. John, <laughs> if you're listening, you're on crack. Um, Orlando Cabrera over, over Simba. Uh, no, uh, there's a couple others on here. Um, I feel like next week he's going to be on here and just be like a diss thing where like one week someone says something. This track. Yeah. It's going to be like yeah. uh, Drake versus Meek Mill or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, one thing or another. Yeah, I just – I don't know, man. Uh, some of these are questionable. Bartolo Colon on there instead of Irvin. That's that's questionable yeah, for sure. And so – I know. well, that's the thing mm. when we're talking about – when we're talking about it at the time, it was more – we're talking about their career with the Angels. If it was like individual seasons, which maybe we can go back and do that one, then Bartolo's on there because of the Cy Young. Sure. But, but if you look at overall, overall yeah. I mean, he had that one great year where he won 18, but then after that he won – I think 10 in one season, another eight in another season. So it wasn't like it was three years of Cy Young quality back to back to back. It was one great year sandwiched in between. Of course, that's to be a sandwich sandwiched in between um, two mediocre to below mediocre uh, mediocre uh, seasons. But, um, you know, I, I, I didn't mind his his, you know, his list. It, it was OK. You know, I thought I should have won. I tried to get my girlfriend to uh, get a Twitter account just to vote for this. Mm. She didn't even have to post anything. Just, hey, make it. Go vote. You'll be all right. And then you can, like, delete it afterwards. But um, it didn't work. So, yeah, um, anything to stand out or some, even something that maybe a player we both missed that you would um, fit in there? 
Well, uh, you guys kind of stumped me on that because at first I wasn't looking at the All 2000s team, but um, no, I think you guys did a pretty good job of getting everybody on here. I, I definitely think one of the strong arguments you have for yours was Troy Gloss over Sean Figgins. I mean, yeah, Figgy was nice. He could put, you could put Figgy in a lot of different positions, but I don't think I'd include him on the All 2000s team. And, th- and that's why I said too, if we had like a utility um, bench player kind of guy, he was he was going to be my utility guy because. <laughs> whoa, oh, whoa. Whoa. so yeah so I, I mean every time i looked up these 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 positions like he always kind of just popped up he was never like the top guy but he was always um in the mix i guess you could say so um yeah he was one of the guys that i was always kind of like oh maybe they're oh no but so it's better oh maybe they're oh but so it's better but yeah fingers definitely would have been my my off the bench my sixth man if you will sure. yeah, for you basketball people um but yeah so it, it was fun um chris is already kind of chopping at the bit i don't know Chris, if you had any um, anything to add or take away from either one of the teams of mine or John's. I think I did vote for John, by the way, uh, Jason. That's but, uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like Daniels. I like Howie Kendrick. I'm actually a Howie Kendrick fan. I was always uh, pretty sad that they never really recognized him with the bobblehead, talking about bobbleheads. They did make that Howie Kendrick kite, if you ever remember that. That was I a that. Yeah, can you imagine? That's like a slap in the face. And then he goes over to the Dodgers. He has a bobblehead within like a year. So I did like Howie Kendrick. Um, I do like Daniel having, I like you said, I like uh, Gloss at third base. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put up some solid seasons. Definitely brings a lot more to the table than Figgins did. And... Um, there's somebody that you left off. Was it Tim Salmon? Yeah. I, I couldn't vote for you because, because you left Tim Salmon off and Mr. Angel. I think that was the deciding factor there. Well, I was going with Tim Salmon, but then again, it's a 2000. So I, so I, 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 yeah, I didn't take, I didn't take into consideration any of his stats from the nineties. When I looked at this stuff, I looked at straight from 2000 to when he retired and it was okay, but you know, you had Vlad, you had Tory, you had Trout, you had Garrett, and you had a bunch of guys that I'm just like, again, I couldn't fit him in there. And then even then, at that point of his career, he wasn't exactly the same outfielder that he was, you know, obviously when he was younger. Now, if we go 90s or even, you know, all-time team, um, which is maybe something John and, and Chris can do because they know as far as history a <coughs> lot more than I do, um, I would have went there with, with them easily. But, yeah, kind of like what you were saying. I'd like to chime in on the all-star, on the all-team when that gets to that point. Yeah, maybe we can do uh, a – The worst – The worst – At least three seasons yeah, or something? Three seasons to qualify. Yeah. Because we can – I don't know. Who, who are they going to have at Angels Day coming oh, up? Halo Day over at oh, 66ers. Yeah, yeah it's a guy. I think his name's like Larry Barnes. Ouch. I didn't know who he was, and I think it must be a fill-in. Somebody must have canceled because John knew who he was. He played back in the Periwinkle days. Yeah, they had some solid guys. Yeah, yeah, we had Marcel Latchman, but yeah, but like a guy like a guy like Larry Barnes wouldn't be included. I mean, we can go on and on. We can go on guys on this season, right? But uh, yeah, maybe three seasons. You have to have so many at bats. But yeah, we're talking about you know some of the. Yeah, and then we have yeah, Gary, Gary Matthews Jr., Brandon up. Wood. Um, I guess the guys. good thing is the discussions are more intense when it comes to the good, the best players of the 2000 versus the worst. Yeah, you're like, oh, let's throw this team out there. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, that's horrible. awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's Josh good. Josh Hamilton, if you're listening, you owe me a bobblehead. <laughs> but, yeah, so, again, that was a lot of fun that me and John had. We went back and forth, talked about it. Even after we were done with the podcast, we were still talking about it. Oh, just. yeah, no, that's good so, stuff. Um, Anytime you do a list. Yeah, and and, and the I think the best part of it was so spontaneous. John just hits me up, sends a, his his list of all time angels. I'm like, oh cool. I'm like, 
like I see some of those guys. I don't, I've never seen them play or don't know enough about them. But like, hey, let's do the 2000. All right, cool. Can you get it done by, you know, Thursday? And this was like on Tuesday. Yeah, sure, we'll do it by then. I'm like, all right. Not knowing, like, man, this is actually kind of hard when you yeah. start looking at the, the players and you have to go by. But um, no, it was a lot of fun. We'll try to, you know, do more. Um, but yeah, that was the poll question. Again, every Wednesday morning, afternoon, go to uh, follow us on Twitter at Halo underscore Haven um, and vote for that. Um, so we'll try to do that every week again too. I'll post on Instagram. So same thing, halo underscore Haven on Instagram. Um, but get there Monday, vote, uh, retweet it, try to get your friends out there to vote. But, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun and we'll, we'll work on the next list. Maybe coming in a couple of weeks when we can all brainstorm the next list and see who's, what kind of, uh, subject it will be the best players, the worst players, the most overpriced players. We can go on and on with this. Um, so again, if you listen to the podcast, you know, our relationship with the Inland Empire 66ers, um, they've always put a helping hand out to us, whether it's getting interviews with players, um, being able to kind of hang out at games and taking the surroundings and getting there early and stuff like that. But we were luckily enough, lucky enough to sit down with Jordan Zimmerman. The, um, he's playing third base now, but he's been kind of a corner outfielder guy, a quarter corner infielder guy for the 66ers this season. Um, but we had a chance to sit down and talk with them, and this is the uh, our interview. All right, here, we're here with Z- uh, Jordan Zimmerman from the LA Angels, obviously Class A affiliate, Inland Empire 66ers. Jordan, thanks for joining us on the podcast and taking some time. Uh, thank you for having me out here. No problem. All right, so did my research. You're from Chandler, Arizona, but you went to Michigan State. Tell me about that. How did that, how did that come about? Uh, well, I went to junior college for uh, two years. Um, at Mesa Community College and then uh, got recruited out of there in a, after an all-star game. Uh, had a couple other options, but uh, went there on a visit and fell in love with the place. Uh, really good coaches and uh, really great players, so uh, I feel like it's a good decision for me, and, uh, and I enjoyed every uh, day I was there, so I definitely feel like I made the good choice. Awesome. Was it ever a culture shock going from Arizona where it's 110, 115 to your first uh, winner up in Michigan? Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be, um, but you know, as you go through the fall, uh, you kind of just start to adjust and you kind of adapt to it. Uh, but it wasn't too bad for me. I enjoyed the cold uh, much more than I thought I was going to. Um, so, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. So, first year in 2000, you got drafted in 2016, right? I mean, you went through Orem, then to Burlington, and then 2017, Burlington to IE, now IE. How has the progression through the system been for you? Uh, it's had its ups and downs for sure. Uh, came into pro ball, uh, swinging the bat well, then uh, got moved up and didn't swing it too well. And then last year, kind of started off a little slow, then started to figure it out. Then same thing this year, kind of started out slow and hopefully starting to figure it out now. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can just find that consistency and uh, make that final adjustment that's going to allow me to just play my game and just trust what I'm doing and hopefully get myself to the, the big leagues eventually. Talking about a hot, um, getting hot now, we were here, I believe it was Monday night, uh, two home runs in one game. Was that the first time in any time in your playing career where you got two home runs in a game? Uh, no, it's not. That was, might have been my third or fourth time. Uh, did it quite a bit in college at some point, the summer balls. So definitely done before. Uh, you know, once you get the feeling uh, early in the game, you kind of, I don't know, as a hitter, you just kind of know what it's supposed to feel like and you try to go get that same pitch again and hopefully you get it and I I got it twice any um do you remember the first time you ever hit a home run whether you know obviously back in Little League where it was you know what you're feeling or anything like that uh I want to say I was like 12 or 13 
And uh, I don't know, I was always a line drive hitter growing up, and then I finally hit one, and it went way over. I was, I was just like so surprised myself that I just did it. And then after that, I don't think I hit one for another like year or two. Wow. So you were talking about, you know, um, not to change too much subject, but you're talking about, we were talking about your progression to the system and it's trying to find your way to the big leagues. We see you playing third and first base. Is that something that you like want to do or, hey, put me wherever and I'll learn how to play just to get me to where I need to go? Uh, yeah, pretty much put me wherever. As long as I stay in the lineup, um, it's really all I care about. Um, don't matter position as long as it's not catching pretty much. Uh, but yeah, anywhere to stay in the lineup pretty much as long as I keep hitting and, uh, I don't know, just keep playing. I'll play wherever. All right, so getting off the topic a little bit of baseball, um, I noticed on your your uh, Instagram it says uh, PJ Senior senior Bound. Uh, are you a golfer, and so what's your handicap? Uh, I am a golfer. Oh. Uh, not competitively, but I, I do enjoy to go out there. Uh, I never really kept my handicap, but uh, I can tell you I shoot in the mid-70s um, when I'm playing every week. All right, so you got me beat by about six strokes seven strokes so he's a golfer i'm a little bit of a golfer i try at least but um johnny here's trying to pick it up so if you had any kind of words of encouragement or uh, something you do uh, to help him out what would it be oh man i just try to go up there and hit the ball hard am i doing i mean yeah i mean that's pretty much what i do that's <laughs> okay. some extent uh i don't know i just try not to hit the ball straight uh, <laughs> i found out once i started trying to hit the golf ball straight uh my it misses between <laughs> uh became larger and so I just, I don't know, I try to shape my shots, play some cuts, play some draws, uh, some big hooks and big slices. Uh, anything to where uh, it doesn't go straight pretty much, and it's helped me out. Okay, cool enough. All right, so, again, just say first, like, just stay off the baseball topic. We did this with Jamon, we did this with Joe and Brandon. So these are, like, this or that, all right? Burgers or pizza? Pizza. pizza. And, uh, any certain place or just pizza in general? Uh pizza in general uh, i think of my favorite right now in arizona is uh called spinatos okay uh there's a couple locations but one in tempe is my favorite uh very good just kind of different right did you go over there during spring training uh yeah i live out there so uh, okay. i go out there <laughs> I feel like i'm home? yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm pretty much eating that pizza probably once every two weeks maybe once a week okay video games or netflix I mean, I gotta go Netflix just because I don't play video games, but I don't really watch Netflix much either. Okay. Is, is there a certain show you you recently watched, maybe on Netflix, you binge watched all the way through, or is it kind of just movies here and there? Uh, pretty much movies. Uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. So you have uh, a Stranger Things night coming out, obviously, in a, uh, I think a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I just saw it on the yeah. scoreboard, July something, seventh yeah, like or something. I think a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one. This. I went this is I went different a different route with this one. I asked the other guys, LeBron or Steph, but I'm I kept away from basketball because that was before the NBA finals. So Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Okay. I I am a West Coast guy kind of from Arizona, but uh I like Biggie's music better. Okay, do you are you listen what do you listen to now as far as music is concerned? Uh kind of mainly rap, but not like the the new style okay. of rap, not but kind of like more Eminem, 50 Cent, okay. Dr. Dre, stuff like that. Okay. So I noticed when we walked in, the K-Day music was going on. So I'm guessing stuff like that is probably right up your alley then. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, enjoy that music. Uh, but I, I, I listen to it all. Pretty much everything but country. Cool. Well, that's all I have. I don't know if you have anything. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, thanks again. Hopefully you uh, continue on this hot streak of yours that we saw um, you know, a couple days ago. And you know, eventually make it up to the majors. But thanks for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
And that was the interview with Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, again, thank you to the 66ers for giving, you know, all three of us, John, myself, and, and Chris, the opportunity to go up to these guys and, and talk to them and, and grab, you know, five, ten minutes of their time and, and being super cool with it. But, again, if you guys are looking um, to see a baseball game and you don't want to drive out to Anaheim where, you know, it's kind of expensive for a family of four or five, which is completely um, understandable, the best thing to do is go out to San Bernardino, check yeah. out the 66ers. I mean – you have Brandon Marsh, you have Joe Adele, you have Jemiah Jones, you got Jordan Zimmerman. You have these guys that, you know, in two, three years, they're going to be up in the, in the majors. You know, the way trades and all stuff work, will it be with the Angels? Who knows? But um, they will be up in the majors, and you can uh, say, you know, I remember seeing him at 66ers in San Bernardino, and then the fact that you can get so close, um, you know. Cheap. Cheap. Get, you know, if you have a ball, you know, kids love getting the ball signed, you know, by whoever, and it's a great opportunity for them. So, again, thank you very much, Inland Empire 66ers, for everything you've done for us this season. Um, so now going to finish off the, this podcast, we go to what we normally do, and that's our um, emailers. So, again, if you guys want to reach us at any time, questions, comments, whatever, um, email address is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, we have some loyal guys. We're getting new guys popping up every once in a while. But, again, if you guys have any comments or questions, it doesn't even have to be about baseball. It can be about one of the guys. can be um, segment ideas. We had guys – one of the emailers came up with the Curator's Chronicles. So, um, you know, if it's good enough, it'll, it'll stick. It'll stick. All right. So, first one um, from Daniel Ortega. Again, one of the guys is always always uh, emailing us, and thank you very much. Hey there, fellas. Great show last week. Love the lineup segment. Really enjoyed listening to you guys go back and forth and explaining your teams. You both have saw a lineup. I'm going to have to go with Johnny's team. Love the balance with the guys on the top and bottom getting on base and the guys in the middle of the order. Figgins and Erstad uh, betting on uh, getting on, I'm guessing, I'm guessing saying getting on board for uh, Trout, Vlad, and Anderson. Scary. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I disagree. Mine was Me better. Too. But thank you for listening. No, I'm playing. But thank you again. Uh, and that's a great thing about having conversations like that. You'll find, and I think the poll showed it, 50% of people think it this way, another 50% think it that way, and, you know, it, it's a great conversation starter. So thank you again. Um, Duncan Healy, our Alaskan correspondent, if you will. Um, hello. Man, I obviously love the show. Those all-time teams can be tricky. After looking over the lineup, I think the X factor was Johnny having uh, Sean in his lineup. I do disagree again. A guy who can create havoc on a base pad, on the base path, gets on base steals and scores and hits uh, other guys wouldn't be able to do. I think that put him over. Um, I pick his lineup. Daniel's lineup was awesome as well. I think Johnny, not a big fan of Howie. I'm like like Johnny. I'm not a big fan of Howie. I like Tori in right field and in the, that lineup too. Both awesome. Would love to have all three of you pick a all SoCal team. Mm. Oh, by the way, the Angels. Yeah, the Angels. Yeah, we talked about that already. So all SoCal team, do you think you meant like – Dodgers included? Padres? Dodgers or, or SoCal as in – I, I, I don't know. Yeah, so oh, – That'd be fun. Like so, <laughs> so Duncan, you listen. Let us know. SoCal, you talking about Dodgers and Padres in it, or, or or what's going on? Are we going football, hockey, yeah, basketball. Exactly. Let us know because I'm down for yeah, anything. Yeah, <laughs> all 66ers team or whatever. I don't know, but yeah. So again, thank you. And yeah, the the Angels. Yeah, the Angels. Um, and our next one, Rob Lastings of uh, the uh, all time team. 
The bright spot of last week in Angels baseball was listening to you guys pick your all-time teams. Very fun. Um, you both have great teams. How about the curator? Uh, we kind of talked about that earlier. Um, question is, and here's the question, is it safe to say we are sellers this season? You can go ahead and take this, the first on this. I'm going to go ahead and say no at this point, uh, and that's only because I, I feel like you can't get much value for who would actually um, who you would actually sell. You're not getting rid of Pujols, obviously not Trout. Um, I, I don't think you're trying to get rid of Maldi, uh, Simmons, any of those kind of guys. Nobody really wants Kinsler, who seems to be coming around a little bit. And then I think you're starting to see some bright spots, although I was just talking about how it's been kind of crappy lately with the whole Boston series and the KC and, and the end of the Toronto series. But, you know, Cole's starting to come around a little bit. He had a couple hits today. Simmons is raking again. Trout's uh, back in center field. He had another home run today. I think he got a base all four times. So things things are looking up. Some of the guys are starting to come back. G. Rich is starting to throw. Uh, Otani might get some at-bats, even though I disagree with that um, idea. So I think, you know, if, you're, if we're looking at this 20 games after the All-Star break and we're still hovering at around 500, 12 games back to the wild card, 13 in the division, then I think you need to start looking at, you know, bringing up some of these young guys and mixing things up a little bit. But as of right now, I'd say we're not a buyer, but we're also not a seller. I think we stay pretty uh, stagnant where we're at. Maybe go after a, a couple of arms in the bullpen. Maybe uh, send Hansel and Gretel to anybody for a bag of sunflower seeds. Uh, but maybe try to get a maybe try to get a closer. Maybe try to go after one of these guys that's, uh, that, that somebody's trying to ship away. But at what cost? You don't want to give away any of your young studs that are coming up either. So I think they stay uh, stay where they're at, and then just hope that Blake Parker can can continue to stay where he's at and, and close the door. And uh, maybe some of these bullpen guys can wake up a little bit. You know, and I I completely agree with you. Like I don't think they're going to be sellers yet. I don't think they're going to be buyers either. They're kind of caught in that situation where they're not really out of it, but they're not necessarily really close to being in it. They're kind of in that in-between where, you know, if if they get on a hot streak or if one of these teams has a major injury to maybe a starting pitcher or, or a key position player, they can be right back in it. That's the, um, that's the situation right now because, again, the trade deadline isn't until the 31st, the non-waiver deadline, but, again, we saw last year there seemed to be more movement in the waiver deadline, um, which I believe is at the end of August, than the non-waiver deadline. So, um, and that's where they picked up Upton and Brandon Phillips was the, the after the fact. So, um, there's still when you take that into consideration, where you, technically you have until August first to make trades. Um, I think it's way early for them to um, decide one way or the other. Um, I, d I, d I don't think they're going to be buyers unless it's it's like C plus B minus type of player because yeah because I mean if you look at the top guys out there um, you have all these teams that that are in contention like the Astros like the Yankees like Boston but besides Boston all of them have better farm systems than um, the Angels so if Angels are interested in a player um, they could give them a here take have these couple players blah 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 and then the Yankees can come by and kind of up the ante, and the Angels are going to back out and be like, okay, fine, you can have them. Um, the big thing I always say is don't take the lack of movement uh, as a not wanting to. They can ha perfectly be like, we want to do this, we want to do this, but we just do not have the capable uh, people to do it. That's a great point. Sometimes the best move is no move at all, and I think that's really, as you and I have both said, that's really the, the best place, uh, the best – thing that they could do right now because you're not going to get value for some of the guys that you might that might be you might be selling so to speak um, but also you don't want to send some of the prospects that as you mentioned are starting to come up a little bit you're, you're starting to build, build the farm system because of Epler and things you don't want to start chipping away those pieces if you're not going to really get a good return 
and, and then cripple your farm system for the next three, four years for, you know, for what? For uh, a wild, a one-game wild card that you're going to lose anyways? Yeah, and definitely for a rental too. I mean, some of these guys out there are going to be for, uh, you know, if you get them in, in – in July for the rest of the season, that's what, like three months. You don't want to give up any of your top guys for that. That's why I'm thinking if they trade, it might be a super low prospect for, you know, a, a C plus B minus type of player. And there's a thing I was thinking too. And again, this is way down the line. If the angel season continues going the way it is and they are out, um, Tyler Skaggs granted he's on fire, but he would theoretically be your best, um, trade chip if you want to get p- help position players because if you look at um, not only um, their system which they have a Griffin Canning who is working his way up through the system I mean he started in Illinois Empire and now he's uh, I think believe two games three games into Salt Lake and having great results part of two no hitters at two different levels um, you have a Jaime Berea you have you're going to get back um, you know an Alex Meyer you're going to have um, some of these other guys coming up too, like a, a Chris Rodriguez, a number six prospect in the Angels organization. Now, if you flip them and maybe get some help and you still are kind of looking for a second baseman of the future, you're still kind of looking for a third baseman of the future. I know Matt uh, Tyler Ward's doing well at an, uh, AAA Salt Lake. But again, you, do, you will have some of these um, up-and-coming arms. Again, I guess you can never have too many, but, you know um, – if you're going to trade anyone, I'm guessing he would be the best trade chip to have for if I'm guessing again, I'm saying yeah. if if they're way out of it, if you're looking for a player to move, that's going to bring back something of quantity, not just kind of one of those one for one. You know, uh, you take my piece of crap, I'll take <laughs> your piece of crap kind of deal. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for someone that's going to bring you back quantity, I think he would he will be the best bet right now. But everything can change in a month and a half, two months um, when we're looking at, you know, the end of August for it to be, or the beginning of August for it to be the end of the waiver deadline, or non waiver deadline. Yeah, agree with everything you said. So yeah, so I mean, it's it's still early to see, and, and we'll f- and we'll figure out what's going to happen. And and again, as we record this, Angels just won, so now we can s- officially say that the Angels are forty two and forty one, one game Yay. above five hundred. But like we were kind of talking about earlier, I remember like what was it, three years ago, we were just excited just to be up at 500. Sure. Now it's like, oh, we're at 500. Crap. The expectation changes when you bring in guys like Otani yeah. and Cozart and Kibler. Yeah, so and we'll, definitely, um, we'll definitely be looking out to see how this, the season goes. Um, just real quick, so we are finishing Baltimore for this weekend. Um, they're off Monday, which is good. You like to get those kind of off days, but uh, next week – a big week for the Angels. They start a series up in Seattle on Tuesday um, till Thursday. So you got three games set. And then the freeway series. The Doyers. The Doyers the, uh, come to Angel Stadium, and they have a three-game set on a weekend, which surprised me when I saw the schedule come out last year that they're putting it on a weekend. But that's cool. That place will be sold out. It'll be rocking. But um, that's a schedule coming up. Theoretically, you would hope, again, you get a sweep of Baltimore because they're caca. Um, you know, in Seattle, man, if you could take two or three out of Seattle and to make any up, make up any kind of ground on them, you'll take that. And then Dodgers, um, it'll be fun to watch and see how they're doing. And, you know, Kershaw isn't the same Kershaw, so maybe we'll get them. So, uh, you know, that's something to look forward to. Hey, and one thing real quick, because we're on a time schedule here. Uh, I think today's the last day to vote. You guys need to get your votes in for the All-Star game. Get the Angels in there. I think I saw that Simmons is like the fifth shortstop in the American League. That's horrible, guys. I voted like the max amount of times, and I had my wife's phone and voted on her phone, <laughs> and he's still not moving. So the only guy that we have guaranteed, obviously, is Trout. 
Simmons is eligible, or Simmons is uh, worthy. I think Upton's worthy, um, and that's about it for now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, even Maldi could get a look. But I, I think some of the some of the guys might get yeah, voted we'll in by the other team. But yeah, you guys got to vote, man. Let's go. Yeah. That's all star games overrated to me. I don't care less. I don't think the fans are smart enough to, to line up. Very, to I agree, hundred percent. But it is yeah. what it is this yep. year. So go vote. All right. Uh, as a player, I'm guessing. Some of them might be like, I don't know if I want to go to the All-Star game. I'd rather have those three, four days off. <laughs> they probably get some extra money. Yeah, that's true. Yep, definitely. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. We'd like to thank Jason. And go ahead and um, tell the people where they can reach you, um, your podcast, all yeah, that great stuff. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, so uh, we have a podcast where we talk primarily about Notre Dame athletics, but uh, we definitely talk about the Angels as well, wrestling, MMA, real well-rounded. It's a podcast I do with my 14-year-old son. Uh, Nathan, but it's called Dose Leprechauns. You can find us on Instagram at Dose Leprechauns Podcast, Twitter at Dose Leprechauns. We also have a Facebook fan page. Type in Dose Leprechauns. Record our podcast. The unique thing we do is we have uh, live Facebook interviews with former players, which is really pretty cool for me to talk to some of my uh, heroes uh, growing up as a kid. So thank you for that, and uh, go Irish. Yeah, so again, thank you for coming by. Guys, we ask you to you know, support the people that support us. He's been a great fan to um, great friend of not only just you know Chris and I, but you know just the whole All Angels podcast um, thing in general. So again, um, if you, you're into that stuff, you ignore it in football, especially with college football coming around the corner. It, it's it's a great place to go, and, and again, kind of what we do here, have a, a fan's perspective about what's going on, and and you just just sit around and talk and, and, and see what's going on. But again, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. Um, hope to have you back again. You know, maybe we'll have a list set when we do, but. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Again, um, I'm Dan Garcia, and thank you for joining us on the All Angels Podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.